What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Reclaim Your Voice podcast. This podcast is dedicated to the unseen, unheard, and underrepresented. I'm your host, Leslie Liu, trauma-informed self-defense coach, international best-selling author and speaker, and founder of Reclaiming Your Courage. Each episode is an unfiltered celebration of speaking from the heart, having fun, and celebrating the diversity of thought and stories from traditionally marginalized folks. Um, I'm based here in the the DMV area, that's DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Um, I am a, um, here, I'm gonna gonna proclaim it. I'm a motivational speaker. I am an educational consultant. I am a mindset coach. I'm a a mental transformation coach. And I am just in the business of helping people think differently, whether that is the person that I have an opportunity to talk to for five minutes on the street or (laughs) uh, colleagues and clients or um, family members um, and anybody that will give me the time of day, honestly. (laughs) And so um, that that is the the me of the work. And I'm sure our conversation will get into, well, what does that mean? Because a lot of people don't know. Uh, what that means. I think they know what a speaker is. I think they know what maybe a consultant might do, but um, just in terms of this mindset piece and the different areas that I've been blessed to uh, work in when it comes to mindset, including athletics, um, education, and just personal growth. Um, not everybody knows what that means, right? Like like a life coach and things like that. So I love getting into that and I'm sure we will. Um, and uh, my pronouns are she, her, um, and I identify as a Black queer phenomenal woman (laughs) motivational speaker mental transformational coach (laughs) black queer like i mean let's just dive right into it you just wake up one day and say like i want to be a motivational speaker mental transformation coach like talk to us about the journey of your calling to do this absolutely i um, it's so funny because my, as I'm, as I'm kind of like hitting this do, new decade for myself, um, I'm, we're always evolving, right? We're transforming. We're always, we're always, um, changing and evolving. And so when I think back to my, the beginnings of this, I've always been that positive, upbeat, um, outgoing social person. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from. Obviously the speaking part um, and being comfortable kind of performing, getting in front of folks, um, not being afraid to be in the spotlight. I love it. I thrive <laughs> when I, I'm, I can be the center of attention in a non-annoying way. Um, and um, honestly, I attribute the very beginning of this journey to, I think it was about my sophomore year in college. Um, I played basketball at the University of Maryland um, from 2010 to 2014. And uh, around my sophomore year, I I had this like bright idea. And this is when I was back on Twitter. I'd like never get on Twitter anymore. (laughs) That's how you can date the different folks from that. Um, And I always used to um, tweet happy positivity Monday on Mondays. And just this with this idea of getting people to change their mind about what Monday means, right? Like tired of just like, oh, I'm dragging, it's Monday, right? Like, oh, like just all these negative connotations to the start of the week, having to go back to work. And so really the push behind that was like, why do we have to be like, why does Monday have to be such a drag? Like, why can't it be positivity Monday? We can make a choice and say, actually, this is the best day of the week. This is my favorite day of the week. And so I ran with that. So my, my teammates hyped me up. They're like, yeah, you know, they start saying it. I, I actually um, made t-shirts 
had a bunch of, I had my teammates and my friends and family like, hey, get a t-shirt. I sold them for $5 around campus. Like, hey, let's change our mindset about what it means for it to be Monday. And that was really like, I saw that and I was like, wow, like people, people, I have an opportunity to get people excited about something. I have an opportunity to make people think differently and it felt good. And you know, that feeling when your soul just sings and it feels right. And so I really, that was really probably the formal start to just, just being that mindset person. And, you know, my role on the team really throughout the, throughout my, my college years was that, that positivity person, the hype man. Um, I used to stand up. I used to stand the entire game on the bench, all 40 plus minutes. And like, that was just the role that I took. I was like, this is how I can be a leader. This is how I can make my mark. It's not always putting it in the basket. It's not always blocking a shot, but like, this is the part that I can do. Um, And so that was really like, big for me. And as much as I wanted to play more, as much as I wanted to, to be that, that person that makes the game winning shot, that just wasn't my role. And so um, I, I took a lot of pride in, in being that, that hype man and that positivity um, captain. And um, it contributed to my leadership. And so from there, I um, kind of always had this goal and this dream of uh, having my own organization, mentorship, and like helping young people think about what um think about what they think about and believe and know that like it doesn't matter how crazy the dream is it doesn't matter how wild and outlandish it might be like if you want to if you want to do that you should go you should go do it (laughs) it's really what's happening in in your brain and your mind not what somebody says is possible from the outside and so with that kind of dream trickling underneath everything that i was doing i became an educator i thought that was the best place to to connect and influence young people because that was the path that I could see. And it wasn't until I got older that I said, why don't I forge my own path? And that's what I've been doing the past uh, probably two and a half years um, as I've been really taking my own education um, a lot more seriously, learning um, how to do this work, how to be a business owner, how to be an entrepreneur, how to market myself, all of those things. And not just having the dream kind of bubbling underneath, but being like, all right, like, how do I make this happen for myself? And so got the confidence just with age and experience and, and um, to start forging that on my own path. And so ever since then, I'm like, all right, if I want to be a speaker, what do I have to do to be a speaker? All right, practice. I have to watch other speakers. I have to put myself in opportunities to get speaking gigs, right? Like I can't hide behind the pillars anymore. Like you got to go for it yourself. Same thing with consulting, same thing with um, coaching and uh, doing mindset coaching with athletes, same thing. How do I put myself out there? How to utilize my network to say, hey, this is a thing I'm doing now. How can I be of service to you? Woo! I feel like I just got some fresh oxygen. Like Ooh. I feel like I got to go run for five miles right now. So juiced to talk to you. So mental transformation coach, at what stage do people seek you out? Like in their journey mm-hmm. and kind of talk us through like, where does someone feel like they, they need you? Yeah. And then what is, what kind of transformation have you seen them like go from like what's point A and point B? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's such a great question. At what point do people feel like they, they need me or that they reach out? Um, you know, I'd say there's probably maybe two to three main. I think that there's such a, um, we talk about just like entrepreneurs and um, people just like trying to transform their money mindset and different things. I think the idea of a coach um, is so much more prevalent than it ever was. And so I think there's one, there's a batch of people that are 
that hear or see, you know, a TikTok or reel or something. And they're like, what's this? Oh yeah. Like if you want to do something, you should have a coach, right? A coach will help you get farther faster. And so there's this idea of that, like, this is what I should be doing if I want to be, if I want to be good or go far in what I want to do. And I think that's phenomenal because it's true. (laughs) It is true. When you have that, that, that mentor, that, that, uh, accountability coach, when you have that person that's in your ear and helping you get your mind right and, and do um, and expedite whatever it is um, to push you towards your goals like that, there's no denying the, the power of that. I think the other piece is um, kind of maybe the other side of the spectrum when uh, people get to the point of banging their heads up against the wall and, and doing the same thing over and over and over and feeling stuck. I think that's another piece. Like what can I, when people think, what can I do differently? You just Google, what can I do differently to do, right? And in whatever field or thing that you're stuck in, um, you know, some sort of uh, counseling, mentorship, therapy, coaching is going to come up. Um, and I think that's another spot um, that people, and I love when people are in that spot because um, I get to show them how easy it is, how much control that you have over your mind, how much choice you have in your thoughts. Um and, and that's like the basis. It's like belief, um, choice, and practice are like the true, like those are the foundations. And um, it, it, it's, it's like when I take a look at even professional developments that I do with um, educators or a sports team that I have a chance to, um, to, to work with. My favorite transformation that I see both mentally and in the reality is this idea of I'm a feeling fixed. Like I, I, I think what I think, I do what I do. My role is my role, right? Their view of viewing the world, one, noticing that it's fixed, more fixed than they think. And then two, that re-empowerment of choice. It's just like, that's my favorite, favorite, favorite transformation. It's like, did you know, like that thing that you've been doing forever you're actually choosing to do that. It doesn't feel like a choice anymore, right? But you can choose. You can choose to do that differently. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, what? It's like, you know, trying to bust out of a room and realizing you had the key in your pocket the whole time. And that is like, that is the part that just makes my heart just like go crazy when I see and feel that happen, no matter the capacity that I'm working with somebody. Oof, thank you for that. Um you know, as soon as you said choice, that really kind of activated a part of my body. And my mom brain is going to come out right now because especially growing up as a martial artist, right. And someone who has competed, right. And, um, almost has, was definitely conditioned on the extreme end of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. which is win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just win. And so now that I'm a mom and now that I'm older, I think watching my children and encouraging them to fail and lose is probably the biggest lesson I feel is more important than, mm-hmm. than like telling them to win. Mm-hmm. I actually like to hold space for my son. If like, like, that's okay. Like, I think there's, there's more lessons in my Ted lasso brain that like losing there's so much more like grace and honor that Mm. comes with learning how to lose so when you were talking about choice I love that and so let let's kind of take that and to a level of like youth 
Because I think guidance and direction for youth is so important right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to reconcile in my brain what you were talking about in terms of choice. Like, how do you nurture that with kids that are like under like 10 Mm. who don't necessarily, you know, they're not 17 or 18, right? They don't really know that. Like, how do you, how do you nurture that with, with people at that young age? Yeah, that's such a great question. That's such a great question. I think about um, definitely being in education helps me to kind of think about like the scope and sequence of some of this work and how to go backwards for some that are there, go and advance it for others that aren't. Um, You know, I think you, I think you said something important there, right? It's like this, this idea of like giving children the opportunity to fail (laughs) and giving, um, but then it also comes down to like giving them, I don't know if it's going to make sense, giving them the choice to fail, (laughs) right? When we know like there's failure, like, oh, try that. Like, I think you can do it. Or I think you can't, like, I don't really know as the adult, but then there's also some of those situations where like, I know that there's a 90% chance that you're going to have a failure in this situation, but I want to give you that option to choose, to choose whether, how, how it plays out and, and what, and what happens from it. And I think about this too. Um, the and I'm going to use win and lose as as kind of the metaphor that we're using that that's here, um, and it really comes down to the quality and the quantity of the lessons that go into a particular goal or accomplishment, right? And some and when you think about taking the leap from ground level to the win, right? There's an infinite number of lessons learned through failure that can happen between, you know, these two, these two spaces. And you, you said you miss out on those when you're set up to win. And then when you're a parent or someone that's working with young children and you're manufacturing these situations where it's like, win, 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 or I'm going to make sure that the probability is high, we are missing out on those baby steps. And for me, it's about um, transferability. I'm not going to be always be here to hold your hand, eight, nine, 10 year old. And I want you to have those skills that come from the stepping stones for when you're on your own. And I think that like, that is the piece for me. That's like, it's got to be a trial and error process. It's got to be like putting marbles in the bucket and then it's filled, you know, just to get to pick one big slab in the bucket and say, well, it's filled now, right? Like, what about everything that comes with picking the marble, doing the work to put the marble in the bucket, right? There's all these little pieces that come with it that you miss out on. And then that next time when I'm not here to hold your hand, when you're 11, 12, 15, 20, 45, 50, right? You either have those, those marbles and those skills, or you've only been working with the slab. I don't know where that metaphor came from, but it's helping me visualize. And um, I think that's that's huge. And you hit it on the nail before you even asked the question. Thank you. I think that <clears throat> I think that what I kind of want to demystify a little bit here is I think that athletes recognize other athletes, right? And it's just like, oh yeah, that you know, that motivational video or this quote or this thing, like kind of, I I think that the perception is that if you have um, a background in athleticism, that, you know, you just have it. Um, I'm, my heart is thinking about people who didn't grow up being athletes, 
And I want to speak to the people who never got fucking picked Mm. on the team, right? Or they're not coordinated, right? The I'm thinking about the kid that the dad is being really hard on him because he doesn't have the athletic acumen that dad must have had had growing up. What would you say in your mental transformational coach Mm -hmm. brain? Mm -hmm. If you, if you had a team and there's that one person who just doesn't feel quite enough, Mm. They, mm-hmm. you know, because I, what I'm trying to really break down here is I think sometimes people think that athleticism is an innate ability, mm-hmm. you know, you either have it or you don't. So how do you, how do you help that person and make sure that that teammate doesn't get left behind? Yeah. Oh, and there's so many, there's so many of, I'll even say us. There's so many of us, right? I, I, um, I played college basketball, but you're actually speaking to my experience to a degree. <laughs> I, um, I think part of, it's funny, we're circling back to it because part of the, the piece that I attribute to my mental strength and, and, and ability to even do this work now is because I consistently didn't feel like enough as an athlete. <laughs> I was four years strong, the shortest person on the team. But let me tell you something else. I was not the weakest. I was usually the top one or two people lifting in the weight room, but the shortest one when it came to height, right? And you think about a sport like basketball, you know, take a quick snapshot. It's not, you think the shortest one is always the disadvantaged one, right? And, you know, I think that for me, it was very, very difficult because I would, there's the off season, there's the on season, and this is for sports and this is for life. And in the off season, I was working harder than everybody. I was lifting more than everybody. I was speaking up and being a leader in a way that nobody else was being a leader. But when it came to the off se- on season, it was out of my control. I couldn't control the number of pants playing minutes I got I couldn't control how the game would go I couldn't control uh, if we were up by enough for me to get in the game right and I continuously had even depressive episodes I'd even say season after season kind of this buildup of I'm working hard I'm doing the right things and then no reward right and so I already spoke to one thing which is nothing is what it seems at face value how many other skills, how many other attributes could I bring to the team besides my height? And that became my outlook and my goal. That was it. And that's how I became a leader in that space. That's how I became um, the positivity captain. That's how I became like the morale coach is because I took a look at that and it happened in cycles just because I overcame it one time, the very next season, it would happen the same way again. Right. And I felt like I wasn't enough or I didn't get chosen. And so again, that's what made me the person, the mentally resilient person, 
the entrepreneur, the person that that's feels confident enough to forge my own path, because I was continuously kind of having this headbutting with myself. Am, am I enough for this? Am I meant to be doing this? Am I supposed to be doing this? Somebody seems to be telling me my worth, my value to this space, and I can't seem to bust through the wall, right? And so it was up to me every day, every season, every week, every month, whatever it was to find whatever crack in the wall, whatever space that needed to be filled in terms of roles on the team that I could have control over. And I maybe wasn't stepping on the court, but you couldn't, you couldn't stop me from screaming my head off from the bench, right? From lifting the teammate up when, when they're, when they're knocked down and they're not mentally feeling, even though they're on the court. Right. And so I think it's about understanding that, that worth and leadership and, and um, impact are only determined by you. That's, that's point blank period. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's it. I love it because you are, everything that you're teaching and educating folks on transcends the court, transcends the sport, goes into leadership at a corporate level, goes into managing yourself as an entrepreneur, taking risks, right? The imposter syndrome, the not enoughism. So I love how this message is rooted in athleticism, but it's not to say, well, if you're not athletic, then you won't have these, these qualities, which I feel like sometimes when we're looking at social media and we're looking at influencers and folks, Mm. it's either like you got that winning quality or you don't. Mm. I really love kind of the lessons that you're sharing and the nuggets Mm. with everyone here. Who are you looking to be connected with? Like, who is your idea? Like, I want to work with this community or yeah. group of individuals. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many. <laughs> I'll narrow it down to like four. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, for me, I, I love entrepreneurs and people that have big, big dreams and big goals um, that know, have a, even if they don't know it a hundred percent but they have an inkling that like, this is, this is meant to be, this is for me. I might not know how to get there. I need a little push or I need a big push (laughs) or I need help brainstorming. Right. And so I'm consistently looking for individuals that are just like, I want to be the biggest, best, most influential, most impactful, uh, most badass version of myself. And I know if I had somebody helping me along the way, it'd go a lot faster and I might even be more impactful than I could imagine. So that's, that's first and foremost, that gets me going in the morning, like my own goals. But then when I hear like, anytime I have an opportunity sessions, I do, and I always, what's your dream? Let's just get the vibration and energy going. Because I know when people talk about their dreams and talk about where they want to be and what's possible, it's like, that's transformational in itself. We don't spend enough time talking about what our dreams. And so any individual because we all have that for ourselves and then we when we talk about the kind of the next level um is is our is our workspace and like i told you um i spent about almost almost 10 years in education and so um i um am looking and always loving to work in educational spaces talk about um you know school culture uh teacher leader empowerment right like really 
uh, focusing this crazy ass educational system on the things that it needs to be focusing on, right? And those same things you're talking about, um, about some of the same ideas like transcending the core. I love getting like, some people, why, why are you waiting on the salary? Why are you waiting on some title? Why are you, like, you are impactful right here, right now. Don't, don't let that stop you from, from and everything. Then you start attracting the right stuff, right? Then you start attracting those things. But um, yeah, just really getting educators excited about, um, excited about what's possible and, and really getting back to the root of, you know, why we do this work for young people. And then um, as we talked about athletes, <laughs> you know, I spent a lot of time, uh, like I said, and was able to go, um, you know, pretty far in terms of um, the level of, of playing my sport. And there's a, um, the experience of being an athlete um, comes with things, right? It comes with those losses. It comes with those disappointments. It comes with those lessons and those challenges uh, that maybe the next person that isn't playing a sport might not have those same equivalent experiences. They might have it in a different, you know, field or industry, but um, I, I love and get excited about uh, athletes and, and the special experiences that they have through playing their sports. And honestly, the lessons that they're able to learn um, through their sport that, that again, just applies to life. It's just life. You know, everything's just life. <laughs> it's, um, just, it's just life. It's just life. We can put whatever club, we can put the word, we can say work, we can say sport, we can say parenting, we can say, right, we, there's all these different hats we wear and all these different spaces we exist in. Um, but, but life is life and, and we're all um, kind of on this similar journey. And so um, again, using um, athletics and sports as an avenue to understanding life um, is another one of my passions. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, you heard it from Sequoia, y'all. Like athleticism and sports is the avenues, but it's it's a means, but it's not the end because mm -hmm. it transcends even when you are not necessarily on the court. So you heard it from Sequoia. Sequoia's got um, her links um, that's gonna be provided on the show notes and everything. And you heard it straight up is like, if you're someone who's hitting a wall, that's where Sequoia really knows how to help you transcend that mm -hmm. and break through the barriers. And I, I certainly feel rejuvenated just talking to you. So I, you know, um, I'd love to have you back, but I, I just feel like you have so much to offer the world and I can't wait to see your vision and your continued, I, I just see your passion for educating folks. And so it's just been it's just a real blessing to like have you here and to continue to have these meaningful conversations. Yes. So thank absolutely. you. Thank you. Thank you for providing the space and, and again, just the space to do what I love. You're, you're, you're a space creator. Those are the most important people because we can't do the work unless the space is there. So, so right back at you. If you are liking what you're hearing on this podcast and you are craving more connection, I'm personally inviting you into my Woman Warrior community. This is a community where all women are welcomed. We will be silenced no more. And this is a space for you to explore what it means to find your voice, build genuine connections with others who aren't trying to fake the funk. If you wanna embrace who you are and stand in your power, to learn how to make personal safety practical and simple, and simply to just continuing to hear diverse voices. See you there.